All right, we're going. Oh, I thought you already had it. No, I know. Okay. That's why I stopped you. <laughs> God damn it. So okay, Jerry is always slow. Yeah, he's always slow to hit the record button. So here we are kicking off the podcast this week. And it's just the two of us, just to give you guys a heads up uh, ahead of time. Unfortunately, we were not cool enough to secure a guest for this week. We did have a super cool guest, and that's going to get delayed. So hopefully that happens next week. Not going to give any hints, just that it's a super cool guest, and I'm excited for it. Um, housekeeping items. Yeah, so I know Gary's got some things to say, but I'm going to put this one out right at the beginning of the pod. If you guys are listening, I believe, on Spotify, hell, maybe some other platforms. I don't know, but you can donate to this channel so that me and Gary can drink beer for free. But most importantly, we can upgrade our Zoom so that we can do pods and not get cut off every 40 minutes with our guests. Maybe that's why no one wants to be on because they know that we're cheap. <laughs> you know, whenever it's my turn, <clears throat> here's some inside info for everyone. We take turns editing, right? One week it's me, one week it's Chris. And whenever it's my turn, I've had some where it's like, oh my God, I can't even find a good point to like line these two up with. And Eddie's was one last week. I'm like, fuck, like, I'm just going to let it all roll, right? Because like you're lighting me up about it. I can't even remember what now, but like, I'm like, oh, fuck it. Everybody knows that the position we're in here. Let's just run with it. So, and you know what? I'm into a similar thing with my YouTube videos I'm doing now because my damn GoPro keeps overheating and shutting off. So, you know, we, we've had all these days of like 115 degrees and man, like the battery gets super hot inside. So I've actually tried, I'm like, oh, if I drop it down to 30 frames per second, maybe it's not processing as much. Didn't help. So now I'm actually leaving the, the battery door open to like try and let that cool a little bit. Or I swap the batteries, you know, at a good spot because the battery heats up so much. So I'll grab a battery that's cool. I might think, you know, I just need to like get a, like a little ice pack to wrap around it. But so now... I'll be doing something, trying to do a time lapse, and I look over, and the red light's not flashing anymore because the damn thing overheated and shut off. Shit. Damn it. So, anyways, GoPro, you need to like work on your thermal cooling, whatever. Get some glycol in there or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, well, let me do the shout outs and then let's pick back up on GoPros because I was mentioning it to you earlier in the week. I, uh, upgraded my video game here but um yeah quick shout out to uh calgary alberta because it is the calgary stampede right now <clears throat> to which mm. i have frequented many many times it's uh, the texas of canada this is true yeah and everybody busts out their boots if they don't wear them full-time already and uh goes out and gets messy and i was talking to a buddy of mine that's there right now uh, I got lots of buddies that are there right now ripping on her and uh, he's talking about how tough it is to kind of battle your way through this whole stampede week-long event and in my oil and gas days this was a very popular place to get out and about see people that don't get out from behind their desk very often and uh, you could get out and catch them for a beer maybe catch them with a couple beers and maybe they'd buy something off you which was always the big ticket win right anyway that stampede i'm 
honest to God, still surprised I'm married. Uh, and I don't say that because of nefarious things. I just mean like coming home at three, four in the morning, getting back out there again the next morning at like, well, you'd be up at six and have a drink in your hand at seven in the morning and then go all through the day, pound water three or four times throughout the day and get home at three, four in the morning again. It's just an absolute disaster. But one of the best times that you can honestly ever have it's it's truly amazing so but we got a lot of listeners in calgary so i wanted to throw a shout out to calgary and say happy calgary stampede best of luck to everyone that's competing so awesome i've only heard about the event never actually been out there in fact i've never been i've gone as far as saskatchewan and i've been to vancouver coming back from australia so to british columbia but i've actually never been uh within alberta that i can remember so it's uh someplace i need to do and man i still haven't done any of the east coast of canada either so i'm kind of a bad canadian but we knew that i feel the same (laughs) way buddy i haven't seen the east coast which is yeah one of the more beautiful spots for sure alberta's kind of neat it's it actually in some ways i think kind of mirrors ontario maybe from halfway up because as you get further north uh, you get into the lakes and it, it gets that kind of northern beauty. But in the down in the southwest corner, you've got mountains that kind of coil into Alberta. So um, it's usually the pictures that they take and, and post up on places like, oh, look at these big, beautiful mountains. It's like, no, you got like 3% mountains. The other 97% is flat and fucking prairie. But uh, no. <laughs> it's a it's a cool place and yeah that that 10 days that they put this event on it's a doozy i got i'll tell you one quick story from one of my deals here so there's an event that they uh sell tickets to it's going to sound a little outrageous at first blush but once i explain it'll make sense so it's 250 bucks a ticket and it's a rodeo event where the actual rodeo events are not normal rodeo events so what i mean by that is there's no team roping there's no bull riding there's none of the standard stuff you see on tv it's all these made-up events where a team of me you and three other dudes could enter and you can end up winning a belt buckle officially pardon me but um it's like put a t-shirt on a year old calf that's 180 pounds and fucking angry wants to ruin you. Right. Or get on a bareback horse. You got to hold a uh, raw egg in your hand and make sure you don't smash it or fall off the horse. Anyway. So it's free booze all day long. Now it's kind of down and dirty. It's good draft, but draft beer and margaritas. And then once the rodeo events over, you go for a steak dinner and a big Quonset, like sawdust dance floor it's just a fucking hoot and anything you want there jack daniels you name it whatever you want to drink so for over 250 bucks well anyway i've got a couple of buddies that professionally rodeo and uh, they happen to be passing through at the time and they they said well we'll meet you at the doggy do rodeo i said okay i'll put some tickets at roll call for you when you get there just mention my name and and they'll get you in 
Well, unbeknownst to me, they were officially on the road rodeoing. They had a horse trailer, horses in the trailer. So they pull up to the gates and these guys don't even ask them for their names or if they got tickets, they just see the horse trailer and think they're part of the damn show. So they open the gates, they let them in. Um, so that was kind of the first funny event that happens. I said, how'd you guys get in? He goes, they thought we were part of the doggy do event. So we proceed to have a good time. We got to get out of there uh, later on in the night because we got to do something with these horses. But we also want to go to the country bar and party for the rest of the night. Like, what are we going to do with these horses? Well, long story short, we end up taking them to my buddy's house in a proper like subdivision with you know, postage stamp backyards. We end up trying to get these horses down between the two houses. And there's like eight feet in total between houses, but only four feet to the fence. We're trying to get these things down beside the house. So we don't wake his wife up. One of the horses gets spooked, folds the fence over into the house beside my buddy's neighbor. We kind of makeshift stood it back up, went to the bar next morning. My buddy's wife calls my wife and says, what were those assholes doing? I got two horses in my backyard. My fence is folded over. I don't know where the, like, yeah, it stampede is a <laughs> nothing short of a, a rodeo. Oh, wow. So, man, I can, I cannot wait for Foxtoberfest just to imagine what we're going to get up to. Mm. Me too, bud. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I know I think the, uh, well, we've been chatting about organizing some stuff offline, right? We got to get after a place and all that good stuff. Yeah, so. I think as just like a, uh, a beginning or just a, a little splash to people, I think if, I think we'll know by next week, right? Like, so by next week, we should be able to have a pretty awesome reveal of this possible master plan that we have concocted so like fingers crossed <laughs> everything goes as planned because if it does it's going to be a pretty pretty sweet announcement to share with everyone so um it's exciting right now but it's sort of like we need to wait for the first trimester to happen to make sure we can announce officially to everyone what's going to go on <laughs> yeah we're not officially 12 weeks yet no it's true this yeah. um i'm having a hard time biting my tongue on it too but I think everybody's going to enjoy this story and uh, get probably more of a kick out of it than the two of us combined would. So it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, man. Well, and speaking of that, I guess that's maybe a, a, a good segue back to the GoPros. So I ended up getting a GoPro this week. I bought a Hero 9. You got a 10, right? I do. The okay. black 10, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't well there's whatever some software upgrades but I, I don't think there's a whole ton of difference but one of the things that led me towards it was this whole heating up issue because apparently the 10 is quite notorious for this and then you throw it in your 110 degree Texas weather and it's just a recipe for disaster right yep so um I have farted around with it a little bit. It's definitely a massive upgrade from where I was. I think you were the one that was, uh, well, amongst other people, but probably the most serious about point note that uh, I look like a fucking guy having a seizure when I'm holding that fucking camera, shaking away, and I got no stabilization. And these new ones got that all built in, right? 
Yeah. So, yeah, upgrading the game. Hopefully that'll add to my uh, my program. And now, all of that. Wow, shit. This I'm, I'm having a real hard time not saying anything about the hopeful reveal that we have for Fox Doverfest. But I, uh, my brother put a drone in the mail for me, and I picked it up today. Awesome. Right. So now you got to get your drone license. Well, no, this is one of these little guys that I apparently you don't need a license for. Okay. Yeah. I just meant so you don't crash it. Like, well, not officially. Just so being a dick about it. I took it out and I burnt a battery through it. Um, it's funny because I set my GoPro up just to kind of film any shit shows that I might have. And sure enough, right out of the gate, I go to take this, let it launch. And it comes right at me. Fucking almost got me right between the eyes. Anyway, I got her up and kind of flying it around. It gets fairly intuitive once you get the swing of it. It's a little harder if you're trying to fly it based off of looking at the screen. But as long as you can see it, it's fairly intuitive. Um, the end scared the shit out of me, though. So these things, they, they set themselves a home zone that they want to land on, right? which totally makes sense. And I was, I felt safe sending it up in the air and knowing that that was going to occur at the end of this all. Well, at the tail end of the battery life, I got about 20%. I'm like, Oh, what's sport mode? Fucking whoop, this thing's flying all over the place. Right. I'm having a good time with it. Well, I had it at the far end of this soccer field and it beeps at me and goes, battery's dead going home. I'm like, okay, cool. And it just goes home. You don't control anything. Well, unbeknownst to me, it goes all the way up to the highest altitude that you have it set for, which I didn't know any of this at the time. So it can like fly over any obstacles that it needs to before it can drop back down on the home spot. While the altitude was set at like 500 meters. So this thing is fucked off. Like I'm thinking home must be on a UFO somewhere, right? Anyway, I'm panicking. I'm trying to get this thing to stop going home. It's way up there and it's windy. I'm trying to get it to drop down and I'm running around this field trying to catch it, but it's got sensors on the bottom of it. So every time my hand gets close to it, fuck, it shoots back up in the air. Like it was just a shit show. But anyway, I'm going to get better with it, which will all lead into our hopeful Foxtoberfest story. So the low battery thing, though, like it must get down to a certain point and like come and park itself, right? 10, I think, is the threshold. So 10%. Okay. It saves that as a reserve to get itself home. Okay. That's good. Well, yeah. hopefully it's not like the little vacuum robot that the wifey got here because that stupid fucking thing. <laughs> it goes around and does its vacuuming and then it realizes it's low on charge. But... Like sometimes it doesn't find its way back in time and then it dies like halfway out there and you got to pick this thing up and bring it back. So (laughs) we we know that there's, um, you know, other ones that have like a better GPS mapping of your house, but like we refuse to have any one of these new devices that like does location or connects to Wi-Fi or any of that. It's like, you know what, You, you do what you do within the area that you can reach it, it's not getting connected to anything else. I don't need that fucking thing listening to what I'm saying and showing ads on my Instagram feed. Oh, no. 
I know. I uh, I get a little skittish with that shit too. We had an Alexa bought for us for uh, I don't know some sort of gift, and the kids use it. I mean, my kids' voices are probably more recognized than mine on the interwebs because Alexa, play this song or whatever, right? But um, yeah, that stuff is kind of freaky. Uh, I'll be honest with you too. Yeah. Man. I'm a little more old school than that. I even the smartphones and stuff, right? Like, oh man, I, I like love to hate it. Like, yeah. there's so many things. Like, I was even there was something the other day, actually, even Instagram verification to go right. through that now. And, you know, to be verified, it, it's, I guess there's the status component of it, but I think it's more to me, it's the validation. Cause I actually had somebody. Oh man, I, it almost pains me to say this. Somebody managed to squeeze two sets of ROH wheels out of me oh, the other day. Really? Yeah, I um, I let a set of uh, ZS go, just a uh, square setup, seventeen by eight and a half, and I let one set of ZR6s go. Oh. And just the guy was offering the right money, you know. Same thing, you know. We all. He had an account on Facebook that was sort of not a bogus account because it was him, but it was an account that wasn't fully his real name, which I don't use my real name on, on Facebook either for all the same reasons that you know we're talking about right now. But sometimes we have to use these platforms in order to hit up Marketplace or run our Facebook pages or whatever it might be. So, you know, I told him, um, you know, this is the price. And if you want to PayPal, that's fine. But do friends and family, I'm not eating the fees or pay more to cover the fees if you want the protection. And he's like, well, I know who you are from your YouTube and your Instagram, but how do I know this is you for real going through chat? So I'm like, well, whatever, we'll do a Zoom call. And funny enough, that night, Facebook actually deleted his account on him because he created the account so he could go on and find Mustang parts. Right. And the poor bastard is on marketplace. He's joining a bunch of groups, doing whatever so that he can like start engaging with people. But I guess AI or whatever was like, oh, this guy's joining too many groups at once, deleted his account. So he lost all of the messages and everything that he had started, like putting in place with everybody because he couldn't access any of it. Thankfully, he knew who. I supposedly was and hit me up through my website and was like, Hey man, this is so-and-so trying to buy your ROHs. So we still managed to do our deal. And I was like, man, I'm like, that sucks. I get it. Cause I do the same thing. I'm like, maybe he just joined too many groups at once and he triggered a bunch of flags. And you know, there's a lot of AI in that shit now too. Like we had a page for the cat, you know, he was Mr. Meow Dubai. And then he was Mr. Meow Texas. And, you know, the wife was managing it and something came up and said, you need to validate your age. It doesn't matter if you're an animal or whatever, which now I'm thinking they meant gender and not necessarily like what kind of being you are. Right. So she put in a year for his birthday that was under 12 years old. So they said, yeah, no, you're, you're too young to have an Instagram account. They deleted it. So we lost all his pictures and everything else that had posted on there. And you think oh. you can actually go through and contest that shit with anybody, of course you fucking can't. So um, yeah, this this whole tech stuff, man, and, and going back again to, so you wanna do Instagram ver verification now, 
and rightfully so because you know you want to make sure you're following the right account maybe one of us are big enough one day and people start creating spoof accounts and, and doing all those other things and trying to rip people off yeah um but man like before you would just say submit and i guess they would go through and try and do checks and see if you have pr and all of those other things now it's like copies of your id copies of your LLC. Um, like business registration, um, a bunch of links and like tons of personal, like everything short of your social or your, yeah, social insurance or social security. Um, and I was just like, man, like this is, I get why they have to do it, but it's almost getting out of control at the same time. I just, I don't want all that damn information out there. It just freaks me out. Yeah. I know it's a sad reality of this stuff you're always taking a risk. I mean, I don't know. It, I feel the same way about this stuff sometimes is, is whatever, like you try to help out as many people and, and whatever. And, and there's times where I'm just like, you know what, like this, just this account or this person I'm talking to feels off or weird. And I probably get it wrong more than I get it right. But it's just the sad reality of the world we live in, you know, like you, I don't know, this stuff is, well, we have fun with it, but at the same time, you know, like here we are trying to whatever, put ourselves out there and do something with it too. Like that'd be pretty heartbreaking to lose a handful of years worth of your time. How many hours you got tied up in Instagram or YouTube or whatever it might be. And um, I don't know. It's a weird world, right? That sort of, it would be like getting your wallet stolen or yeah, losing your cell phone in, in all reality, like depending like what your backup situation is like, you know, I had a phone probably maybe eight years ago now that I had, well, I still run a micro SD to expand my storage and I don't do any like cloud backups. of So all my photos go on the micro SD and it was just after new year's one year and just got my hair cut, jumped on my motorcycle and hauled ass out to a friend's place. And I got to his place and I checked like my jacket pockets. Like you usually do like a little side pat on the sides. And I'm like, where the fuck's my phone? And I forgot to zip up the one pocket of my motorcycle oh. jacket. So I tried calling the, my phone from my friends and it was it like just switched off. Like, Hit you know, I, I was, yeah, like the, the speed limits out there are pretty, uh forgiving and plus when you're on a bike the speed cameras can't get you so um you know I, I was probably doing 200 the whole way out there so a phone falling out at 200 whatever it's gonna, yeah so needless to say i lost it and man that was it was a hard pill to swallow for a second like, god damn i lost that micro sd what's that weird music like Merlin the Magician. That's my wife's ringtone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. That'll be in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all good. So let's talk about some good tech here. Uh, you recently did that video on your subwoofer thing. Right. And so I have course, that written I, I, I bring this up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had to one up you. And funny enough, right before we started the pod, I my Fox body neighbor was over and he's a huge stereo guy. And I'm like, dude, you got to hear this fucking thing. 
And he's just like, no, man, no. Cause like, he is like a proper, he's like, there's no way that sounds good. And I'm like, man, just give me a request. So I put it on and he was just like, he is fucking blown away. Um, I have to like, for what it is and what it does, seriously impressed. And the fact that I still have a spare is awesome. Okay. So I'm going to assume you're probably got a video coming up at some point on this whole program. Yeah, it'll be out on the weekend. So okay. the only thing that, that I would say where you have a bigger challenge because you're in a vert, like verts to get proper sound is a struggle no matter yeah. what, unless you're trying to do like the whole, I'm going to amplify everything, worried more about outside the car than inside the car. Right. Um, coops are the next challenge and the hatches are the best because especially in this case, right? Because you got this sub, that's in the spare tire area, literally projecting upwards to the hatch class and then throwing right it into towards the, the front of the car. Yeah. So, you know, it's sort of a home run from that perspective, but you know, I'm curious. I, I am very curious because um, I actually have stock speakers in Strawberry too. So it's all oh. the, the factory speakers. I didn't even, the head unit is upgraded, but all the factory speakers with the factory amplifier are still in the car and they sound decent with the sub. They're like perfect because I can actually shut all the bass off or like a lot of the bass out of the main speakers so that there's no and just kind of keep them all for like more of a high range. Right. Um, and a little bit of mid. Um, but yeah, man, fuck was I impressed. And now I got that huge 12 inch sub box out of the back. Right. So are you wired in through like the stock plugs, you know, like that whole jumper system? Where you don't so, have any of the yeah, it's like that. Plugs out. So it has the high level inputs the same way that yours does, and it has the RCAs. So I already had RCAs running to the back because I had an amp back there. So I used the RCAs that I had, and then of course now I'm running. I have big four gauge power wire <laughs> going into like what it, whatever it's on there, like maybe twelve. Right. Maybe yeah. it's 10. It's like That's 10 fun. or 12. You know what I mean? So I'm over a gauge. Talk out of the four gauge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, sorry. I meant from your head unit. So are you, do you have one of those jumper kits that like jumps into the stock plugs and runs? Oh, so like a factory. Yeah. So the funny thing about that is that I got that, you know, whole, easy harness thing and plugged it in and none of the speakers worked initially oh and i was like what the hell's going on and it was funny because we actually brought the head unit because uh jordan was with me when we went all the way up to north bay which you know 14 hours north of toronto to get this car so we brought two things we brought the vorbets with us because I made the, I didn't want his ponies. So I wanted to make sure I had good tires. And we brought this head unit that we could plug and play because I want to say there was either no radio in the car or the radio didn't work. All right. And I'm like, let's bring this uh, way. We have tunes and we have good tires. What more do you want? So we plugged the stereo in because it was all terminated, ready to go. So it should have just been plug and play. No sound. And we pulled over to a rest stop at one point and I'm like, man, I'm just going to check this, check the wiring. And I thought maybe if 
because some of the head units, if you reverse the polarities on the speakers, you know, it, it'll do like a, it'll kill it just to kind of save. Like some of the, some stuff is smart. If you reverse right. them, other things aren't so smart and they'll just shut themselves down and say, you know, check your connection. So I started pulling out all the connectors and I started plugging them in one by one, just the positives. And I left the negatives of the speakers disconnected and everything started working one by one. So I think that the reason was, is because I might've had a connector that wasn't for premium sound because I think there's two different types of connectors. There's one, if you have the, the factory amplifier versus not. So I think one of two things could have happened. You could have either, um, bypass the amplifier connectors right and found the connectors preamp and and done it that way or um got the proper connector so i think by pulling all the negatives out it was feeding the positive signal to the amp that it was required and mm -hmm. then everything started working so i don't know it's a little bit of a mystery but it was one of those things like okay it's not broke i'm not going to fuck with it right and uh, but yes, so there's nothing spliced in that car. It's all plug and play. Right. Yeah. And, and I do not have the aftermarket plate with the four holes drilled. Nice. I properly put the cage in above, you know, I took the little, whatever you want to, probably the old smokes holder. That's probably yeah. what it was. Right. Um, you know, I took, removed that from the factory stereo and then managed to make that work with the cage and everything and put everything in factory like nice um no because i mean those aftermarket decks like they're typically what do they rate them at like 45 or 50 watts rms and then i was curious how that stock amp would react to that type of you know i that that stuff gets outside of my realm i i don't understand yeah and you know what in reality, I think I probably should have unplugged the factory yet, but it actually sounds really good and I haven't had any issues. I mean, we, well, we've always fucked around with stereos and it's, I, I enjoy that stuff still to this day. But the vert and figuring it out with stock head unit kind of being the crowning jewel, right? Like everything needs to somewhat function around that or so I've told myself in my head. So yeah, <clears throat> added that sub. I'll say, you know, to your point in the vert, it's in the cab. It's obviously a little more impressive with the roof up than it is roof down. You lose everything with the roof down more or less, you know, there's a little bit more than what should have been there from Ford, but it doesn't scream at you. And that video you sent me of the hatch, fuck like that thing sounded good. It, even in the, cause that's a hard thing to portray is like proper sound through video. And it sounded really good in that video you sent me. So. Yeah, no, I'm man. The funny thing too is, you know, I did like the compare in contrast, you know, the volume at the same level before and then after. And the problem was as soon as the bass hit, the GoPro like cut the mic. So it almost sounds like, probably. you know, yeah, so it was, it was, I think, you know, more SPL in there or something. So, right. Um, yeah, you'll have to check out the video. You know, I didn't go into too much wiring detail stuff. Uh, I referenced yours, so you got a shout out. A little nice. 
I got you on a card up there. So yeah. check that out. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but like great upgrade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want to get some of your space back and still have decent sound. Some people just don't want, I think, a crazy amount of bass like maybe we did when we were younger. But you know, sometimes you just like to know it's there, even though you're not gonna to listen to it like that all the time. You don't want to set off car alarms as you're driving yeah. down the street. So yeah, no, great little upgrade, really happy with it. And how much was yours, by the way? Uh, I think it was 130 bucks. It was pretty cheap, 130, 140 bucks. Yeah. Canadian? Yeah. Oh, fuck, that's super cheap. See, I got this one. It was an open box for 250 US. Okay. Is it a 12? So, it's an 11. Oh, so funny enough, there's like different, I think there's a 10, an 11, and a 12. And I just so happened to find the 11 as open box because I was being a cheap bastard, you know, trying to see what the, the best thing was. But the way that the 11 is with the circumference and everything else, like, man, it fits like perfectly into that spare tire and is just so cool like i managed to retain the factory tie down you know rod i had to get creative i had to extend it but you know everything works as it should and you is know the jack I got. do you actually screw the box to the spare tire yeah so oh, cool. right through the center is a an open hole and the way that they have it is they give you like this little plastic cap so what i think normally what would happen is the bottom would go through a lug hole of your spare and then you would run the rod through that they supply and then it's got a wing nut and then you'd be able to like clamp it down through that hole but in this case you know the sub fit perfectly in the center of the wheel so i managed to use the factory threaded rod you know that hooks through the hook, uh, yeah. bottom of the yeah and um and then yeah i got the wing nut on so it does it's a hair higher with the insulation and, and that shit in the hatch. But honestly, for what it is, like there's like zero complaints. Right. You know? um, when you don't have to worry about it being like a little humped up like that, because the sub's all contained. It's not like you're putting something on the sub. Right. Well, the other nice thing too is, so if you didn't want to run your spare tire and you just had that in there, which I'm curious to know if it would maybe even sound even better because like you're creating a little bit more you know cubic footage yeah and um so if you had it like that i almost want to say like for the guys that because my hatch it's like it's got the carpet and then under the carpet's got the sound deadening then there's the stupid piece of wood thing Car and then there's sound wood. yeah that always like bows down yeah and then there's insulation underneath the wood so oh. it's i don't know if somebody added an extra layer or it's just and funny enough i want to say i've had another car that's been set up like that hmm. so long story short if um by having the sub in there it kind of gives like a what would you call it a reinforced surface Right. from the middle to keep that stupid piece of wood straight 
and not wanting to bow down like there's now something underneath it to try you know to prop it up from the from the underside so yeah it's a pretty cool it was like a win-win in every way shape and form and the who was uh calypso coyote i have to give a shout out to because i mentioned that i needed a uh sunroof bag because i wanted to oh yeah you know i actually put the drinking sunroof so mpd's got them like i guess actual factory ones for sale they're only 50 bucks hmm. so you sent me the link and uh yeah so i need to jump on to uh npd's website get one of those and then i'm going to be in full drinking sunroof tunes pounding mode you're you're dialed in yeah 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 so the next step in in this stereo endeavor for me would be so finding a way to upgrade the power that's being sent to the door speakers dash speakers and rears i think that's my weak point right now um i don't even know what the power coming out of that air quote premium amp would be but i i i think that's the the weak point in the chain, if you will. So finding a way to, I think what I would do is probably just similar to how I've ran this sub with the high frequency input. So find an amp that's got that, tuck it wherever, unplug all of the stock um, speaker wire harnesses, just leave those hanging and run separate wires to each one of the speakers from the amp. Um, yeah. See how that turns out. So what you could do is there's like amplifiers are really small now. Mm. And I've actually seen, I think it's like boss audio. They have a couple, I think there's uh, some for Marine and then there's some for motorcycles. Oh, and some of these motorcycles have crazy systems now. Right. So, yeah. So what I think you could probably get one of those units to actually fit in the front behind the center console, you know, where the factory, those amps are mounted up in the back there, not the like 93 style where they're under the passenger seat, but um, those ones that are in the backside, you could probably right fit one of those. Yeah. So you could probably right fit right one right back there. there. Yeah. And then the, the best thing is, is that you could actually use your factory. So if you got one of those wiring harness adapters for your aftermarket radio, you wouldn't terminate any of the speaker wires on it to the head unit. You would actually terminate them onto the amplifier so that right. that way you would retain all of your factory wiring. So you don't need to run new speaker wire to your doors. You don't need to cut any of your, or to the rear or to your dash. And then you don't need to run any um, or cut any wires um, to do your connections to the amp or anything. So Point. that would probably be the way. And funny enough that you brought this up. So in the Cali Coupe, I upgraded a lot. Like I managed to get those two tens, uh, the Infinity tens, uh, all Kappa stuff. And I did door speakers, three and a half of the dash, and then the six by eights in the, the parcel shelf. And, you know, I got a newer Sony head unit. That's one of those media head units. There's no CD player. It's just Bluetooth and radio yeah. or USB. And it only has, 
I want to say it's 45 or 50 watts, and I don't think it's RMS power. I think it's probably like more on the peak side. And it because the, the speakers now have all been upgraded, it, it's okay. Right. But I know if I put some power behind them, like I could get so much more sound. So I was literally thinking the same thing today because now I've been on this audio kick after putting the sub in. Yeah. That um, I'm like, man, I might have to get one of these small little like cheater amps and, you know, stick it up in there, wire it in that, that way. And then, you know, I can get some more uh, bang for my buck. I have the preouts. So that's the nice thing about the head unit. All the preouts right. are there. So the RCAs can go. The only thing, that in your case, if you're keeping your factory head unit, yeah, you you would actually kind of do it the same way. You would um, you would have to take the signal out of right the head unit out of that clip and terminate them all as high level inputs, True. and then use you know what I mean. That then use the the other connector. And then use that to as your output off the amp to go to all your speakers. Right. Yeah. But man, how trick would that be? Like you would have yeah. a factory radio with an aftermarket amplifier, aftermarket subwoofer with Bluetooth streaming capabilities. Like that's your there you go. Your 2020, right? Yeah, that, there's your next video. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted. I mean, I've reached a point in life now where sure I like you know, getting in my coupe and, and listening to the, to the nineties stereo that's in there, it still sounds all right and, and everything, but I mean, pretty hard to beat a newer right off the factory floor stereo in any vehicle these days. Right. So to your point, trying to reiterate that in a nineties car, but make it look and feel, but just sound better. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um, well, buddy, as long as we're on the, the 90s kick um i sent you some pics last night but i haven't really advertised it too much out there i found a little gt40 top end kit kicking around uh out in bc here so buddy had he knew a fellow at a junkyard and it just so happened that like years went by after he had mentioned to him look like keep your eyes peeled for these explorers coming in and uh christ he said like I'll be damned if one week two didn't come in and uh, he went and robbed all the bits and pieces off of them. And he had a, a set of GT 40 P's the four bars and a set of GT 43 bars and two Explorer upper and lower intakes. So I went, well, I've been down this road before. I actually, I had a set of GT 40 P's that was going to go on my coop at one point and they kind of just, held a corner of the concrete floor in my garage down for way too long. And I went, ah, shit, I may as well just dump these. Cause at the time I was in Calgary, there was a machine shop that gave me a quote to hone a block, uh, essentially just check it and hone it. And they wanted like 2,500 bucks in machining costs. So I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want to ask you guys what you charge to go through a set of heads. What'd you do? Go grab a dingle ball? Yep. <laughs> I, I went on Summit. And okay. yeah, 80 bucks later, I had the uh, yeah, the dingle ball hone. And I picked uh, the warmest day I could in February to hone my block on my driveway. Right. <laughs> you know, 
you know, I did uh, when I did a rebuild. I um, I think it's called like a deglazer or something. It's it's like the three stones, right? And you put it on your drill and you kind of run it up and down. Yeah, that thing actually worked pretty badass too. See, I know this is a thing. There's guys that swear by, well, those the old school kind of three prong deals. I've heard some horror stories that, especially if you're really trying to true up a block and like it's easy to get out of sort of straight with them whereas those dingle ball ones are really forgiving right mm-hmm. um the thing with it is just word to the wise if you've never done this before and you're thinking about doing it i mean you got to use all kinds of oil and shit keep everything lubed up it makes one hell of a mess you know yeah. like make sure you got a tarp on all f- every corner that you can reach be like in a, in a paint suit paint yeah suit with a mask yeah <laughs> fuck i had oil everywhere but yeah they work like a hot damn um hasn't been used since but it was 80 bucks or 2500 so i thought i won in that regard yeah absolutely anyways back to the uh you got yeah. your heads so had those peas sitting there at the time and i'm like well fuck i i mean i think i was into the pea heads for like 300 bucks or 400 bucks um and then uh the unknown was going to be the machine or potential machine costs i'm like fuck i if i get anywhere near two grand i may as well just buy aluminum heads at this point so yeah sold peas and bought the afr 165s however as time moves on now that was back in 2016 I don't know. I'm getting a little more nostalgic in my old age. Right. And I'm like, how fun would it be? Plus there's so much Intel out there on all of these GT 40 setups and combos. Right. How fun would it be to try to like hog out a set of GT 40 P or GT 43 bars, um, you know, do some fancy porting on the intake, um, pick your bump stick appropriately and see what kind of, old school 90s power i could get out of the old vert so because i mean yeah it's one of those deals kind of like you did you know you've done some of those sort of intermediate cleanups of the engine bay and whatnot or you know quickly pull the motor regasket it and throw it back together i'm like those are great and needed this one i don't know if it's 100 percent needed but you know, every time you pop the hood, you feel like you should do it. And then it's like, well, fuck them this far in. May as well throw some heads on her, right? May as well put a new intake on it. Push rods, rockers. And, yeah, so it's it's going to be one of those rabbit hole disasters, I'm sure. But Damn, yeah, I know. I'm, you know, kind of the same way with the light coupe because I need to do that bad timing cover gasket. Oh. And I got the old B303 sitting on the shelf. And I'm like, you know what? Mine as well as just go the extra mile and strap on some old GT40 heads. So I yeah. think I have a set lined up here. But so am I understanding this correctly? You you just got two sets now? Nope. So sold the peas. That was back in 2016. Now I just got the, uh, the three bars that are potentially going to go on the vertical. Oh. Cause I thought you said your guy was like, Oh, I got two, I got, mm. got two in or something. He's got an, a set of peas sitting there. All right. Yeah. So and how I much does he want for those? 
I know, right? I think they're potentially for sale. So yeah, and I don't mind sharing this. Well, I've, I've shared it with you offline, but um, heads in, now these have, I believe they said, that, so the Explorer was running and it had 212,000 K on it, I believe. So what's that? 120, 130,000 miles. Um, so it was running. Um, and uh, so they came off in running format in decent shape. And uh, so got the heads and upper and lower intake for 800 bucks. So, Good deal. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what I told you to pay? Yeah, it was. And I, I, <laughs> I, I had that kind of number in my head. Like, you know, this is, he's not giving them away, nor is he hitting a home run. Like, I think it's just fair money. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, for sure. So and we've talked about yeah, how many times now about, you know, the old brand new Cobra intakes and stuff for 300 bucks and the five old mags. I mean, prices, are, well, realistically, I probably got this intake, which I think technically doesn't quite flow as good as a Cobra, but they're, I don't know. It's almost you're splitting hairs. Um, but yeah, like they're not as pretty. Um, they do look kind of cool. I mean, that V8 5.0 cover they got on them and stuff, right? It's uh, those yeah. that know, know. So yeah, be kind of neat. Cool. So I actually had another question about one of your videos. It's like we're talking about each other's content here. Right. And your little, your little smoker machine is badass, by the way. I'd love if you made me one and just ship it down here. So um, we can figure <laughs> maybe this you should out. do a video on how to make that like, like put put the parts list together It'd be like you got to go to home depot here's the parts that you need and oh. um because you know what i found myself like man that'd be really handy to have around some like amazon prime deals are on like how much can i buy a smoking machine for so i found a couple for like 100 120 but i'm like man if i can make some for 20 bucks like so that's pretty sweet okay you and anyone else out there that films themselves doing shit like we do, you'll be able to appreciate this. So, you know, you, you got an idea in mind that you're going to try and portray on film. Sometimes you got to go three, four, five times trying to get the fucking marbles out of your mouth and actually say what you're trying to say. And it just so works, or it seems like it does in my case, where you say what you want to say, but you screwed that one up so bad you can't even work with it. But then this other one where you left some shit out kind of just works. And it's usually like one in the morning when you're editing. So it's like, ah, fuck it. I'm just running with what I got. So to your point about the build list, one of the things that I, I, I left out, I, I guess I just kind of said you can build this on your own. I didn't get too in detail with it all. But the wick is like out of the camping section of a hardware store it's just nothing more than like a kerosene wick but the wire that's wrapped around that wick is from one of these like uh tobacco list vape shops like it's the wire that they put in their fucking vape pens <laughs> and that's what's tied to really? those heads yeah i'm like that oh, worked. like from what i understand of these vape pens it's i'm doing the same thing i'm just trying to heat up oil so why wouldn't yeah. it work so I got like, I don't know, 
probably a hundred feet of vape pen wire. If anybody needs it out there, I mean, I'm done using it. Right. <laughs> but I only needed like whatever, 12 inches of the shit. Man. So I actually had a question. It's funny enough. My Fox body neighbor, he, his hatch has a 306 with head scam intake. And he's been getting uh, some quarter horse tuning done. And, you know, he's going through all the hurdles of drivability. Uh, on occasion, he wants to stall or it does stall. And, you know, you kind of think, all right, sometimes we have a little bit more lump in the cam or all those things. But it's like you want to rule out the whole vacuum, you know, leak First scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, before you start throwing, you know, hard parts at your car, figure out and make sure that everything is sealed up and working well. So, you know, I mentioned it to him because, so he's got the Holly system X intake on and there was some weird, and it's funny how people run the PCV slash vacuum lines off aftermarket intakes, let alone stock intakes sometimes, right? Like people get pretty creative with some elbows and everything else. And so I'm looking at the front of this thing and there's a weird uh, T, uh, brass T fitting that's coming from a hose underneath the intake that's spliced into something else. And I, so I grab it and I'm looking at the one joiner, if you will, one side's barbed, the other side isn't. So the hose is literally just slid on. Yeah. And then I tug the, the hose a little bit more like, okay, is it going to a nipple underneath the intake? Um, and it actually pulled the, the PCV valve out of the grommet at the back of the lower. And this is actually a problem. It probably make good for in a video is that, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but the aftermarket grommets, they don't fit properly. Like the ones that I've got, they're loose when you try and stick them in the lower. Right. So I find myself putting some gasket maker around them, gooping them in there, and then, you know, putting the valve in and, and all the appropriate stuff. So everything, like it literally just pulled right out of the back. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, especially when things are heat cycled or things get cooler, you know, maybe you could be getting a leak through that. So anyways, I, I doctored all that up. And I told him, I'm like, oh, maybe you could have had a vacuum leak back here. He's like, oh, well, we did a smoke test. And I'm like, okay, well, where did he put, you know, the smoker on to get the smoke in there? And so I'm finally sort of getting back to my question to you is how well would putting the line where you did work um, to check from the, the PCV um perspective of things because if you're blowing compressed air in through the intake in that sense would it potentially you know what i mean would the valve work against itself so you know what i mean because okay. it's going through the line on the intake if it's pushing down on the valve it's not going to allow anything to go through that way will it still go down through the motor and down into the lower intake and get itself to show you that you have smoke back there so it's specific to PCV in that area. Right, I follow you. So the with this 
which obviously you've seen it, it's, it's not a really sophisticated piece of machinery, but if you feed it too much air, it's almost as if you run it too lean, like you don't, you got more air than smoke. So it's in your best interest to just, you, truthfully, you should probably even just put it in your mouth and blow on it. That would be enough to get it going. And the smoke is thick. Like when I was trying to, well, actually when I was trying to get my thumbnail done with my green car, fuck man, I had so much smoke in the garage. I had to turn my leaf blower on and just let it run. And it looked like my garage was on fire. It's just bellowing out the fucking door. <clears throat> so yeah, cause the smoke's quite heavy and it, right. it hangs almost. So, um, and the other side of this is if you get too rowdy with the air, you'll blow that rubber glove off your throttle body. Right. And then you lose it all. So, yeah. I, so to your point, I guess the answer would be, you're not getting at it hard enough to even yeah. make that valve shift. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, no, I was just kind of curious on that one, if it would kind of work against itself or have some sort of weird implication because like with the valve, right? Like you don't yeah. know, um, but obviously everything else would be good. So anyways, we'll see. I, I, you know, I, I put the gasket maker in there and everything has changed out the, his radiator did some upgrades. So right. I'll get them fired up tomorrow and see if it runs any better. Otherwise might need to do the old base idle reset, which another thing that I found, and this could be controversial, you know, have you heard the whole, you know, people doing five-speed swaps and they run the A9P or whatever, any automatic variation of a uh, Fox body computer. And then they complain about their, their idle is sometimes hangs a little bit and does yep. some weird things. Other people say it performs better and their cars are faster, but I feel like naturally speaking, I could be completely wrong. Somebody can chime in call me at whatever it is, but when an automatic computer is coming down to idle off of high speeds, you know what I mean? Your, your kick down cable is controlling the transmission. The, the computer has nothing to do with how your transmission is, you know, shifting in, in, right. in that sense. But when it's coming to idle, you know, to make sure there's enough, I guess, as, as you know, you're loaded up in drive. Yeah. You know, it's the idle sits a little higher and then, it, you know, it comes down because right. obviously you're in gear. It'd be like if you're letting your half depressed off the clutch, um, yeah. you know, not giving your car gas in first gear at a stoplight. You know what I mean? You almost need to give it a little something to make sure that the car is not going to stall. Yeah. So when you do your five speed swap and you keep that computer in there. I feel like the computer is naturally programmed. And I noticed this in project come and take it because it had an A9P in it and you'd rag on the car, you drive the car normally, and then you pull up to a dead stop and the idle would be around a thousand nine hundred ish for about three seconds. And then it would drop down and mm. then start idling perfect, which to me would be the perfect fix for the cammed guys that when you're coming off those revs and you put that car in neutral and it just it, it just it lopes down too far yep. you know what i mean and then it just stalls and dies and you're frustrated um it's almost like whatever that 
equation or whatever that is. Yeah. Table. I mean, for the guys, yeah. You know, for the guys that don't want to, um, you know, go out of their way for a tune or they just need some basic drivability or, you know, they just want to mess with, I'm just doing my TPS. I'm just doing my timing. I'm just doing the basics. I don't want to go after aftermarket tune. I feel like maybe that could be a fix. I could be completely wrong with what I'm saying. I'm just saying what I've noticed and what I feel like how things potentially work. Well, this is hilarious, bud, because I had a fella email me. He, uh, we were he was commenting on one of my videos and then we got emailing and I hooked him up with that Matthew that we put one of like my interview with him on, on my YouTube channel on out on the pod too, but he tunes these things for a living. Right. And it was this question exactly the A9L and the A9P and like he had swapped his car and he was curious. And I said, shit, buddy, this gets me way out over my ski tips. I, I don't know. Right. Like I, I, I know when to put my hand up and, and wave the white flag kind of thing. So I just connected them to, or yesterday. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that pans out, but to, to what you're saying, my green coop struggles with this. My actually Josh Kennedy, he talks about this a lot in this, in his teal Cobra. Um, the only, so i if I have two situations where that car can act like an absolute disaster, it's well, typically when you're trying to like nice and calmly pull into say a cars and coffee or a car show and you're like driving it like a two stroke dirt bike, just so it doesn't fall on its face and you look like a fucking retard. Right. And the other is I was always, I was taught to drive where like, you know, rather than, exercise the shit out of your brakes you downshift yourself to a stop well as it turns out this car in its current format does not enjoy that at all if i slow it down through the gears um it will fall on its face sometimes and not catch itself and bang it's dead however if i'm at a i don't know 2500 rpm let's say and i just clutch it neutral it and break myself to a stop zero problems like right out of the factory yep but it's i don't know it's got a i don't know anything about the whole fuel tables and tuning and all that shit right like i've i have sent my chip back to matthew once he kind of reworked it i'm not blaming matthew i mean i i know that this cam it's got a well i think it's like 110 lobe separation angle or something like it's it's a lumpy cam and whatever it, it just those two things for anyone listening that doesn't know this already, like they, they don't line up. It's cool if you can get them to idle, they sound awesome and they perform well, but drivability can be a little shaky. So how about this? I have an extra A9P here at the shop. Should I send it to you? You just stick it in your green car and see what happens. I we could try that because the yeah, the chip. It is a burn chip that plugs into my computer. Yeah. Yeah. So like to you, as far as your car is concerned, it's just like, you know, you disconnected the battery for a long time and your chip is there. Right. So yeah. when you put your other computer back in, everything should be peachy. I, I'm just curious because I don't have anything with the, with a cam that's that aggressive, right. um, you know, sitting here. And unfortunately, um, you know, my neighbor's stuff isn't burned into his car and I don't want to, 
mess with with his right. too much in that case but it'd be a cool theory to test out so if you're willing man i'll i can send you one and just try it and then just be like you know what here i have mods i'm just taking a a stock old computer going to jam it in and see how the car drives well, i could put it in my suitcase in october oh we could do it sooner i, I don't think i could put it in a if it fits and ships right i'm curious yeah I, i'd like to see it huh this is something that you've got me uh intrigued because if this is I'm sure someone else has thought of this. I don't know why <laughs> the two of us could cook something up new within the Fox bloody world that no one's thought of here, but. But you know what? But people always talk so much. It's like, oh, this and that and the next thing and blah, 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 blah. So the only thing that we need to be, actually, no, it doesn't matter what the automatic computer. It's when, if you have an automatic O2 harness and you put an A9L in when you burn the trace wire, right. which is that. That's a whole other interesting thing. Like, um, why did that get changed up? But yeah. So before we get too far off the vacuum leak side of things, I was thinking to myself, building off your whole PCV valve scenario, we should throw out like a hashtag PCV valve challenge. Like, get out there and make sure yours is even fucking plugged in to the intake. Plugged in? Or do you even have the screen? That'd be another one. And if you have, do you even have the uh, baffle plate? Because you know what? I've noticed Edelbrock intakes don't come with that baffle plate. At least I've come across a couple. They're not there. There's another one. I want to say maybe the trick flow doesn't too. Yeah, like it's got, it's got like the, um, what you might call it. They're not studs, but like the casting is there for where, you know, you could um, tap and uh, put one on. Yeah. But I was actually really surprised to see because what motor did I pull apart? Actually, the first motor that came out of my friend's car that built 306 that I put in project tax return originally. Yeah. That one wasn't underneath there. And um it didn't burn oil, but at the same time, that thing was vented to the world. Like there was no, there was breathers on both um, valve covers and there was no PCV like that, kind of a different setup, right? Like a race monster. So I could see that not having to worry because there's so much ventilation going on. But right. I bet you if that thing was sealed up properly, you could bet your ass there'd be a lot of oil getting into, especially uh, four and eight. <laughs> right. Well, this is it. And I mean, the infamous um, rear main seal leaks that, well, these small block Fords suffer from, an interesting little, like, might be your issue other than your rear main seal is if that PCV valve is not tucked into your intake, well, not only is your car probably running a bit like shit, but that oil finds itself down and around. You'll even go, you'll look at your starter and go, why the starters don't have oil in them? Why is there oil around my starter? And yeah, it's coming out of there, guys. I'm here to tell you, like, it's the first thing that I lean back and reach in and check if I get a Fox in shop, like right away. And nine times, well, and it's not, not and it 
might be in there, but have you checked that hose? Like yeah. how dry rotted they get and the cracks and sometimes they're like, you know, split right open, like in, in the bend. And like, I get it. If you're not really looking for it, you might not even see it, but man, like these cars are old now. So yeah. if that hasn't been changed, then, uh, then yeah, that could be dry rotted and cracked and, um, so on and so forth. So that's, that's a big one. That should probably be like, that could be its whole own video. Like yeah. check this before anything at this stage, because you don't even really think about it because it's so far back there. It's a pain in the ass, especially if you got like the salt and pepper recall extensions on there and you're fighting between that and other vacuum lines and your throttle yeah. cable and you know how it goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It, and it, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a human nature thing that we all naturally suffer from. Like we instantly look at the absolute worst case scenario that your problem could be causing or caused from versus, and I, I was trying my, my hardest to like, not be preachy, but just really drive that point home with the whole vacuum side of things. Cause it's like, fuck man, you'll spend a thousand bucks without even blinking an eye and probably another 500 and beer. Cause you got to have a buddy come over and help you with some of it and whatever. And meanwhile, you probably have a vacuum leak that maybe your buddy who could be a, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone's mechanical aptitude because hell mine's not even that good, but you always look for the hardest thing always, yeah. you know? And it's like, meanwhile, you just got a bad hose. Somebody actually commented and, and made a point of reaching out to me on that. They're like, um, uh, I think it was Ron that, um, Shit, he was the video that uh, Gearhead did um, that Matt redid all the seals, the window seals on his white vert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and adjusted his windows and everything. He reached out to me and said that he had gone down that road, uh, spent all kinds of money and time and, and whatever, changing parts, and it ended up being like a, a $1 vacuum tee you know, that was cracked and busted open in the backside of it. One dollar yeah. could have fixed that problem and two minutes of your time. Unreal. So here's another question. When you do a lower intake manifold. I think I know you're what you're asking me already, but go ahead. Do you, do you use the rubber? Velcro I fucking knew it. I don't know how I... I don't know how I can read your fucking mind sometimes, dude. It's crazy. <clears throat> so I don't. Um, I go the silicone route. Really? Yeah. You gob it on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So China, I can't. The China wall, as some refer to it as, right? I can't bring myself to do it because you know why? I hate every time I pull one off and I have to deal with the aftermath. Right. Um, See, I know I use the rubbers. Like I put a skim coat of gasket maker top and bottom. I've never had a problem. Knock on wood. Um, I just can't corners. bring myself. Yeah, yeah, of course you do the corners, right? You, you, you know, you dab the corners, um, you know, just a little slick on the, on the block side, put it on top and then a little slick on the top side of that rubber piece and stick everything on. And I think the biggest thing 
is when you set that intake on, yeah, you got to get it dead straight. And, and you right. know what I mean? There's a little nipple that goes in the hole in the front. You can kind of see the way it squishes down. Um, and I guess behind the distributor shaft. Um, and then you can get an idea to make sure that it seats properly. But I know that so somebody actually posted up on a Facebook group a couple months ago asking like, do you use cork? Do you use the rubbers? Or do you just use the silicone? Or do you use some weird fucking concoction? And um, yeah, I'm a concoction guy. I've done a little bit of gasket maker and use them. Yeah, that's a funny one. I, I think it, for, I'm trying to like think what that might stem from. And I think it was just the way that I was taught at the time. And it, it was one of those things that just stuck with me. But it's funny because to your point, this is almost like motor oil and oil filter discussion stuff, right? Where people can get real rowdy with it. Well, I feel like if, if you got a stock motor, it probably really doesn't matter which route you go. I feel like the guys that are making boost That's um, have the issues of, you know, cause you're boosting and, and you could potentially blow those out. To be honest, I've had a lot of boosted stuff. And again, I feel like putting you put some gasket maker in there shit. I even put it around the rear main seal before I jam those in. If I know, you know what I mean? Like when you're doing a motor for boost, you're, you're kind of making sure that you're going to minimize it. You know, if stuff is going to blow by, let it blow out of areas that you can control. Yeah. Like having a catch can set up and, and all that other stuff instead of it leaking out of, you know, rear main, which has been a challenge. Like, man, I've put a couple of new rear mains in those motherfuckers are leaking within a year. Like yeah. I, it's frustrating. It is. I, I don't even know if you want to go down that road. You know what I mean? Like I've, the amount of starters I've gone through that, you know, eat shit if they're not bad out of the box by default. Um, and then like this grommet we were talking about for the, that holds the PCV valve. It doesn't fit properly. Rear mains leaking. It's like, yeah. holy shit. Like, you know, you're almost scared to use a new head gasket. You're like, this motherfucker is just going to blow. <laughs> well, it's funny, right? So bringing this whole conversation full circle back to the GT40 thing that I want to do, I want to like go through and reseal it is how these programs usually start. And then next thing you know, you're throwing hard parts out and lots of money. But it's funny because like maybe, just maybe, you go in with the best of intentions to make things better than what they were before, but you just open up a can of worms, right? Like that beehive that's building on the corner of your gutter, right? The odd bee, big deal. Fuck, go whack that thing with a stick and see what happens, right? Try to knock it off your house. Yeah. Now you got a shit storm on your hands. So I don't know. Sometimes well enough is, is I've heard this and actually I had it from uh, a really good source when I went, as deep as I did with my coop, he's the, the, this fellow that was kind of helping me through some of my questions, he goes, leave that bottom end alone. Don't take that bottom end apart. You're going to find shit you don't want to see. And it's probably best to not even have it in your mind. And I had full intentions yeah. of doing that, but, uh, well, a little unknown thing. I never really talked much about, cause I wasn't really, it, it was around the time that I got on Instagram and I didn't even really know how to run the damn thing. So um, but I, 
I think it was cylinder seven. I had these really weird horizontal, like three scratches. And they were like, you could catch them with your nail. It was really, really odd. Um, What's this oh, in your cylinder wall? Yep. No broken okay. rings, no nothing. Like, and you'd think if you had a, a bad ring or something that had like, like you'd almost get a vertical scratch or something, right? This was as if someone took like a flat punch and tapped it three times up the wall of the cylinder. I got pictures wow. I'll send you. It's really, really odd. Now, granted, you said, fuck it. You just, yeah, the hone, I fucking honed her and I sent it. <laughs> <laughs> and she ain't burning, um, oil, ain't burning oil, but it's this. Well, the thing is, well, but that's the difference, like a vertical scratch or sorry, a horizontal scratch versus a vertical scratch, right? True. Like the only concern that you could really have is what a ring is a ring catching it every time it's going by and I guess potentially wearing down the rings. Right. Um, is the only way that you could, I guess, think about it. But I would feel like, especially after the hone, you know what I mean? The oil's gonna make up for potentially whatever versus those vertical scratches where the oil's just gonna follow. True. You know, the scratch all the way up and then end up in, you know, the combustion chamber. So, but yeah, like odd thing. Like, was it when it was assembled? Was it from, you know, being stationary? There was something that contaminated the ring and while you parked it over the winter, like a couple uh, um, almost condensation spots that like, yeah, caused marks in the cylinder wall. Like, that's, that's weird. And like I say, it was enough to catch a fingernail on too. So like it, it there was wow. some, some substance to it, but. So you uh, took the whole motor apart in the end? Yeah. Yeah, I went right down. Wow. The um, Look at you go. I know, right? So, and I mean, it, it, well, it was super fun. Like for anyone out there considering doing it, um, you know, don't underestimate the can of worms you're about to open and or what you might find, like I just mentioned, but. The reality of it is, you know, for a new set of bearings and rings, if everything else is good and clean and straight, it's pretty cheap. You know, like you can be in and out of a bottom end for yeah. 200 bucks, 250 bucks. So, um, oh, for sure. Yeah, all that stuff's quite cheap. But, uh, you know, like looking back on it now, like, should I have got the crank checked out? Yeah. Was the mileage low? Yeah. So you could maybe argue that whatever, but. It spins fine. I mean, fuck, she still spins yeah. tires. <laughs> we'll see. And, and that's, that's kind of my concern with my white group as well. Right. Like if I want to do the heads, it's one of those things like, you know, if the, the timing covers off, I'm doing the cam and obviously, you know, I should probably, you know, make sure the chain is good. Um, I could stick a gear. I mean, nobody runs gear drives anymore. I'd right. almost like to get a gear old school gear drive set up on there just to get, you know what I mean? The mess people up thinking like there's a blower on and straight right. up. Hear the um, old straight teeth whining. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the practicality of that is anymore, but that could be a pretty cool option just to, yeah. you know, why not? Uh, but yeah, so I think I'm going to do a compression test before I start tearing in stuff because I think ultimately that would determine whether I just yank the whole motor versus doing the, the heads and cam with the motor in the car. Cause right. I know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
you pull that motor out and like you said, it's okay. I pull the timing cover off. I know there's going to be some broken bolts. It's going to suck. And then it's like, okay, pan gasket. Then, you know, you start looking at the bottom end. Maybe you see something you don't like and start and the whole fucking thing comes apart. And meanwhile, it's running and driving and performing fine. Yeah. Other than the timing cover leak, you know, so it's, and these things are bulletproof, man. That's what, you know, we got to remember as well. Like it takes well, a lot to it mess is. one of these motors up. But you know, what's funny, like to bring this whole conversation kind of into one, you know, we talk about how fragile they are to vacuum or, you know, leaks or lack thereof or whatever. And they can act like a complete demon. But then you look at it from the other perspective where, like you said, you put two rear main seals in a gear and the second one's already leaking. It's like, what the hell? Like they're kind of, well, the- that's, that's the problem, right? They're a demon, but they keep going like totally. very rarely, you know, like you got leaks, you got erratic idle issues, you got rattles, you got squeaks, um, whatever else, wind noise, all of those things. But generally speaking, you're still running and driving. And yeah. as we get older, we become more particular. And then it's like, oh, is that a little bit of a vibration? Oh, that's yeah. Kind of nice. Like the, the car is going to keep going. And it's really like, it's us that become the car's worst nightmare at the end of the day because we're just so overcritical and overthinking everything you know like when we were younger it's like whatever you hop in the fucking car and send it you know what i mean oh it's got a rattle that's cool it's fucking going 100 mile an hour i don't care yeah um just rev it up it'll go away <laughs> which funny enough so i just put the uh the new set of zs wheels on the white car with the white centers and Man, I was so excited. So I drop everything, load up the lightning with all my wheels and tires because I had another set of, actually the set of ZS wheels that I sold had the tires that now went on to uh, the white centered wheels. Yeah. So, you know, little Mexican joint down the road, they treat me really well. And uh, I go run some errands. I come back and, you know, the wheels are like stacked and I can see them sitting. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And I start loading them in the truck and it's like, hey, amigo, I couldn't balance your wheels. I'm like, me, you couldn't balance my fucking wheels. And I guess the adapter for the balancer, because the CS wheels, the, the center, I guess the, the bore, well, it's not the bore, but like the hole through the wheel, because yep. the hub bore is right, but like the hole that comes out where the center cap is, is actually pretty small. He's like, I didn't want to fuck up your paint. And he's like, I, I don't think I'd be able to get, you know, the shaft through to be able to snug it on the balancer. And like, man, I'm like, seems are gonna fucking vibrate. He's like, it might not. Like, it's like, bolt them on, you might be surprised. And I fucking kid you not, I bolt these fucking four unbalanced wheels and tires on that fucking car. Dude, I had it up to over a hundred mile an hour down on the back roads down here in Mexico. And I, nothing, not a shake, not a vibration. Ooh nothing i'm like oh. and i know it takes a lot in the rear you know what i mean to like feel something through a car because usually you're yeah. up wheels you keep them in the back but um man i was so surprised in the front there was and i was like oh maybe he left the old wheel weights on you know 
hoping, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you can leave that shit on and, you know, unmount and, or, um, whereas break the bead and yep. air stuff up and things will, will stay balanced. But no, they had stripped all the fucking weights off. And so I, I was surprised. No doubt. Um, very rarely. Yeah. So I kind of won the, the mini lottery on that one. But right. just to go to show, you know, just to show you that, you know, sometimes there's shit wrong or there's things that we think is wrong, but it's not necessarily wrong. Like, okay, I don't have any wheel weights on my, on my wheels, but you know what? I bet you if I had them balanced and one of those wheel weights, because that's the other problem. A lot of those sticky fucking weights, they fall off. Totally. After time is you know what I mean? And, and then all of a sudden you got a vibration. You're wondering what the fuck's going on. Well, I don't have that problem to worry about. Yeah. And now that the insides of the wheels are nice and clean and, and everything else. So, yeah, no, that was kind of, that was a weird one. <laughs> Interesting. You know, some I've never thought of until just now. Um, I've messed around with this in um, bigger, like, well, I, I want to refer to it as off-road, but like, highway driven off-road larger pickup tires is um rather than trying to weight those things because you can like pretty much like stack ounce upon ounce upon ounce and like you'll never straighten one of those tires out or flatten it out they'll put bags of well they come just like weights come um measured out by the ounce and they throw them in the tires before they mount the tires and like upon the first couple of miles, the bags break open and essentially you've just kind of got sand running around in your tire and it finds the spots. Oh, but it like, it needs yeah, to with like equally disperse as it's going. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I've never, that's pretty cross, cool. Yeah. I've never cross referenced that into the car world. If that's a thing or not, because usually, you know, smaller sidewall, way less tread, right? Like I'm talking a bigger mud tire kind of thing. Um, so they'll throw all kinds of sand in those, but a car might take a, an ounce and a half, two ounces, you know, at worst. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people's other issues is not necessarily the tire or the wheel for that matter. I think if you got a straight wheel and, you know, your tire is your tire, it's manufactured symmetrically, you know, for the most part. And... and it'd be more about how well, um, you know, that working with whether your hub centric and everything is lined up properly, because everybody always has that whole, oh, I run adapters or I run spacers and I get vibrations and I get this and I get that. And um, I actually just went through this on the lightning, right? Cause I'm running wheel adapters on it. Cause the, uh, the 22s or Range Rover fitment. Mm. And um, so I'm going from a one five by 135 to a five by 120. Okay. So, you know, some people, and this is, I guess the point I'm going to make up front is don't cheap out. If you are going to run wheel spacers or wheel adapters, don't go on fucking Amazon or on eBay and buy, you know, the cheapest things out there, invest the money to make sure that you can keep your wheel centered properly, whether it's via the hub or the lugs. And I know that this is another controversial subject. Everybody feels like the weight of the wheel needs to sit on the hub 
it in that that's what actually holds the wheel to the car. It's not. It's the clamping force of the lug nuts pulling the wheel to um, to your hub. So if you're centered via your hub, that's one thing. And if you you can't center it properly, then get hub centric rings. You know, so that that way you know things are sitting properly in the center. Um, or uh, make sure that your lugs are hub centric and that you're tightening your lugs up. But a lot of those aftermarket wheel spacers, they got huge openings. Yeah. Or sorry, uh, yeah, the spacers. So they have those huge openings or multi-pattern cut into them and they'll sit off centered. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're kind of lopsided because they've made them so they can fit like 19 different fucking bolt patterns. Yeah. And um, yeah, what do you expect? Now all of a sudden you've thrown a different weight, you know what I mean? It's lobed down or whatever. You got to make sure that that thing fits on the hub or that you got a way that it's sitting on the lug straight. Um, same thing with the wheel adapters, because sometimes in my case specifically, um, in the rear of the Lightning, as soon as you put the wheel adapters on, the wheel adapter sits on the hub. So the adapter is actually hub centric. So you okay. know that that thing's centered on the hub. But when you go to put the wheel on, there, there isn't a lip for the hub anymore. So right. now you're relying on the lugs, right? So now, you know, and I have it in my video, the lugs are actually, um, they fit inside the lug holes and then they're acorned. So they actually are like a sleeve that makes sure that the, the wheel is sitting, you know, via the lugs, the lugs are perfectly centered because the right. sleeve is fitting over as you're threading it down. And then the acorn is then centering where the conical part of the, of the wheel is. And, you know, they're an inch and a half wide. And in most cases, wherever I've done an inch and a wide, anything you end up potentially with some vibrations, there's no vibrations. Hmm. Um, there's no wobbly. And I had an issue with my E39 M5. 30 mil spacers in the front because I ended up putting M3 wheels on an M5 car. So I needed to run um, a, uh, um, a spacer to get the right offsets. And I could not get the vibration out for the life of me. So what I actually did was I took the spacer off. I bolted the spacer onto the wheel, you know, off the car. Mm -hmm. And I ran the spacer and the wheel, so I marked which lug hole the spacer was bolted into, like one of them. And I ran that on the balancer collectively. So I balanced the spacer with the wheel. And then I made sure that I put everything on because they were bolt-on spacers because they were like 30 millimeter. You can't just run a longer lug through that, right? So yeah. 30 millimeter, we're talking over an inch, right? So, um, so they're bolt-on. Um, spacers, which act the same thing like an adapter. So even though everything was hub centric on both sides, you know, that spacer was made by H and R. So it was hub centric going on to the, um, onto the rotor. And then it had the hub lip to make sure that the wheel, you know, was hub centric as well, but for whatever reason, having them on had a vibration. So mm. balance the, the adapter slash spacer with the wheel together and man, it fixed it. So yeah. There's a little, there's a little tip for somebody for, cause I know a lot of guys, cause nobody wants to ever talk about doing this shit. You yeah. Know what I mean, everybody's like, Ooh, 
yeah, I can make my wheels fit, but I'm not going to tell people how I did it. Everyone, yeah. you know, cause as soon as you say spacer and adapter, people are like, oh man, you got vibrations. No, it's, it's unsafe. It won't work. And it's like, what do you think, you know, a rotor in, in, in your hub and in, in whatever else is like, I get it. Are you putting more strain and stress on some of the components up there by spacing your wheel? Absolutely you are, but structurally, you know, as long as you're buying a quality product, there shouldn't be anything to worry about. At least that's my take. And going about it in like you're explaining, right? The right format. But I know I, I do the advice that I'll pass along to anyone that wants to talk uh, on this topic is I'm like, you know, if you're going to get outrageously aggressive and I would probably say in like Fox world beyond a quarter of an inch on like stock studs, you should probably at the very least consider banging those studs out and putting some decent ones in your axles. Mm. And like, just because I've seen those things, you know, you go to throw 90, hundred, whatever you run your, your lug nuts at foot pounds on them. And you go, Oh, geez, that got easy real quick. What the hell was that all about? Snap. Right. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're not you know, now in your first example, the pickup, right? Trucks are naturally built a hell of a lot better and stronger than these cars are. Mercedes, I'd like to think the same thing. Um, these Foxes, you know, just, I guess, know your crowd, so to speak, in air quotes, right? Like, know what you're dealing with. These, these cars weren't necessarily built the best. We joke about how they're buckets of bolts all the time. So just don't get outrageous with your spacer game unless you're going to go to the lengths you need to, to appropriately backyard engineer this shit kind of thing. Right. Yeah, no, in reality, like, um, people need to do a little bit more research on, you know, the wheels and tires that they want to buy for their car. Like sometimes you're gung ho, there's a time like for the stock revert where, okay, yeah, I've got 18 inch Corvettes. They're super rare. They never came in a five by one fourteen three. They came with very aggressive offsets and you don't have options to correct the situation. So you got to work with what you got and get creative to make it work. So that's one, you know, way of doing it. But when you have something and take the twin turbo notch that, you know, I'm working on, that I put those 19 inch drift guards on. And then in the rear, the offsets um, were too small because of the SN95 rear end for the axles sitting at three quarters of an inch. Well, you know, when I said that, everybody in the video kept saying, oh, just swap the axles out, swap the axles out. It's like, no, how about I just buy the right fucking wheel that has the offset that will accommodate for the three quarters of an inch. and you know, that's what I did because now, you know, I have those wheels that were there that will fit a stock Fox track with car or rear end in, in the back. Yep. And, you know, there's for the most part of everybody listening out there, a lot of people have generic or not generic. What's the word? Common wheels that have a lot of common um, varieties, so to speak. And you know what I mean? Whether it's swapping your axles or it's getting the right spindles to get the look and feel that you're going for. Because reality is, 
with most aftermarket wheels, when you're getting fancy with stuff, everybody goes for the 94, 95 spindles. The 96 and above are actually the better ones. Like if you want like proper stance and you're trying to get your wheel out, that's a free wheel spacer. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause you got, um, shit. And now I'm drawing a blank. I think it's nine millimeters. Right. Um, on the, the 96 and up the 94, 95 is only three millimeters. Um, uh, which some people say they do nothing, but it's actually three millimeters. So, um, the only difference at that point is your bump steer and all those other things, but I don't care about any of that because I'm so low. It doesn't matter, but <laughs> you could, you know, you can get a bump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you can get a bump steer kit and do a, um, offset, uh, rack, um, bushings or, or whatever you got to do to fix that. But you, know, you get to factor all those things in. There's ways to get creative and to make your offsets and your stance work uh, without having to do spacers and adapters. But sometimes we come into those scenarios that we need to do it. So yeah. if you have to do it, there's nothing wrong with it. Just do it properly. And yes, like you said, man, um, 100%. Make sure you got enough material on those studs because Fox factory studs, I think a three millimeter spacer is probably safely all you can buy on a stock stud anything yeah. after you want to go if it's your own personal car and, and you're okay rolling the dice i guess five millimeter would probably be the limit but anything above that um and again i'm, I'm not recommending any three millimeter okay five millimeter it's on you anything above that yeah i'm shaking my head right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so true. I, I used to say this about um, anything automotive that I was always of the opinion that every single person that wants to have the ability to get out there and drive a vehicle should take some sort of high level course that lets them understand just how these things work. Take, for example, you know, everyone has a rough idea of what red line means, right? This is where things start letting go and your car doesn't want to spend a whole lot of time there. However, try to wrap your head around what 6,700 revolutions per minute looks like. Like, I don't care how good you are at jerking off. You cannot hit 6,700 RPM. You know, like these are yeah. things, things blend. Even slow-mo cameras can't fucking pick this speed up. You know what I mean? So you want to go out there and you want to do donuts in your car at 6,500 have her bouncing off the rev limiter and blowing flames out the fucking tailpipes. That's on you. Be my guest, but just know what you're doing. Like speaking, speaking of which, so this just sparked something in my mind. <laughs> Was it the jerking so, off or the uh, burnouts? A uh, little bit of both. No. Um, so in the middle East, People, some people can drive extremely crazy and they love bouncing their shit off the fucking rev limiter. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is. So over in the Middle East, I can say, okay, I'm in a different side of the world, different culture. You want to rev your shit off the rev limiter, go ahead, whatever it is. But what the fuck is it with people in California doing these fucking donuts <laughs> off the rev limiter shit? <laughs> running into fucking people in the middle of the street videos that I, like i see this on what is it 50 gang and there's a couple other pages and i just see these 
fucking dumbasses. And it's like, it, it's a whole different culture over there. And, and I can't wrap my head around. Like, I think like you compare the Middle Eastern dudes, like they might be driving their SUVs, their patrols on like two tires. I've seen that you too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with AK-47s blasting <laughs> off in the sky. But you know what I mean? I, I think I'm almost better with that than seeing these fucking yahoos in Cali shutting down streets and like running into people or crashing their cars and, and whatever it is. I don't know. I had to I ask a fellow about this because I'm like, you know, it almost seems because there's such an event. I mean, there's, I would venture a guess and say thousands of people that are crowded around and cars. I don't even know how cars get in and out of that bloody donut circle because there's so many people. Yeah. And what else is interesting? Maybe I'm thinking way too hard about this, but I'm like, it looks like this is a fucking burnout trap. Like there's been so many donuts done in this area. Like there's no crosswalks left. There's nothing. It's just black. So I'm like, is this like a, a, you know, an area that people are allowed to do this? So I had all these questions and I forget who I was talking to, but I asked somebody from California and they're like, no, no, like these aren't sanctioned events. Like it just happens in various areas. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. I think back to, we might've talked about this at some point, but like, you know, when we grew up, you either got real good at knowing, well, we all got pretty good at knowing how to avoid the federales. However, if you happened to run into them, it was yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, right? Like you didn't fuck around when you got caught. And I mean, like, but I guess this is just such a big thing. Like maybe the cops look at it and go like, fuck, we're going in there. The hell with that yeah maybe like maybe there's some real crime to fight god knows what but yeah no <laughs> I, I just burnouts whatever yeah like when you were saying that that's all i could think of because the the 50 gang stuff it, it just creeps up in my feed sometimes and i'm just like you know really like anyways <laughs> i just had to throw that out there it, it's almost i don't even want to say it like it just I don't understand. It's like the whole squatted truck thing, which I haven't seen much of. I think Whistling Diesel has done a really good job at killing the whole um, squatted truck scene. Um, couldn't understand that shit either. Like, who in their fucking right mind is like, let's put a lowering kit in the back and a lift kit in the front. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyways. Just from a drivability standpoint, hey, like, you know, and they call it the Carolina squat, right? Because I think yeah. they said it started in South Carolina or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, man, there's like the West Coast already had a bad name. Those guys had to bring a bad name to the East Coast. But <laughs> fuck, man. That's probably a pretty good place to wrap her, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Carolina squats. Well, before we go, I was kind of giggling. Uh, as you were saying the whole or bringing up the whole burnout thing, I was thinking about wheel space. So I'm like, I wonder how many of those poor goddamn Fox bodies have like inch and a half wheel spacers on the back, just swapping ends for, right. you know, like, I don't know. Menace to society, swanging and banging. Crazy stress. Which that, what, what, which that I got to say before we, before we sign off this whole like Houston thing, 
with like the um the spokes that like come conical outside of the wheels like way out far i kind of like it like i wouldn't do it but like i love seeing it i just like man what if they get too close to the car next to them and they like shred or fuck their tires up or something it's 007 shit yeah exactly <laughs> all right thanks for listening to us ramble guys sorry about the no guest thing but we'll definitely make up for it next week hint hint Absolutely. Thank you. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right. You too, man.